Hey mamas, welcome to episode one of our Tales from the Hood series. First up, I'll be sharing some reflections and thoughts of a mother by the name of Georgina Joy Dukes. Georgina is raising her beautiful eight-year-old boy, Romeo, who she is mothering with great intention. I came across Georgina via social media due to an article that she'd written that went pretty viral. The article was titled, When My Beautiful Black Boy grows from cute to a threat. This article was written and inspired by the unfortunate events of the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. One thing that really sparked my attention in this uh, article that she'd written was the letter that she wrote to the non-black mom. She had some very powerful words to share. Let's take a listen. To the non-black mom, can you raise your child not to fear my son's black skin? Can you become an advocate and stand with mothers of black sons to fight for justice? We need you as allies. We need you to pull up and be an activist when we are too. We show up for you being feminist and advocating women's rights. Now is the time that I need you to show up for us. Every last one of those men that killed an unarmed black boy was raised by a mother. I wish that mother had the opportunity to read this post when her child was young. I need you to go beyond sharing posts on social media. We need your votes. We need your voices. We need your help to ensure that our black boys live the lives they deserve. They will no longer be seen as less than human beings if you stand with us. I strongly encourage you to think about how you can support your fellow black moms before time runs out and our beautiful black boys grow from being cute to a threat. Just sit with that for a minute. I mean, like, what does it really mean to pull up, show up, rise up, stand up, however you want to put it? It's very important that non-black mothers who are raising non-black children are having these very important conversations and building much needed awareness with their children starting at a very young foundational age. What Georgina stated was a call to action. A call to action that each and every one of us who are in spaces and places and circles surrounded by non-black mothers, we must be holding them accountable. We must be calling on them to stand beside us and do this work. It's necessary. It's mandatory. Georgina and I briefly touched on what true allyship looks like. Thoughtful and effective allyship specifically for me. It looks like taking on the struggle as your own. Standing up even when you're scared. Potentially using the benefits of your privilege for those who lack it. Now let me elaborate on that right there. Using the benefits of your privilege for those who lack it. There was a video that went pretty viral on Instagram that I saw during the times when the protests first started kicking off after the murder of George Floyd. It was uh, a group of... um, college students protesting and there were police around with their firearms out as usual and they began to approach a black student a young black male student 
And out of nowhere, you see this young white female student come and stand in front of him as a shield as they are approaching him with their uh, their weapons out. And I thought that, wow, you see, that's how we want to see you pull up for us. Pull up, stand up, get in front of and use that privilege. This young student jumped into action because she knew that by her standing in front of this young black male as a shield, there was no way that those officers would release firearms against her. You see, somewhere, her mother did an amazing job. She is the product and the reflection of a mother raising a child with awareness that we all have a responsibility to stand up to those who are not treated fair or equally. That's true allyship. So true allyship for those non-Black mothers, what it looks like to me is that you are looking at your children and raising them to be accepting and respecting of differences, right? It's not to raise them to be colorblind and say that, um, oh, everyone's the same. Everyone should be treated the same. No, I want you to see my son and his beautiful brown skin and his curly hair and respect him and love him and embrace him because he is a human being just like your children. I think allyship is showing up for these other mothers as well. I've said this constantly that we always pull up for other mothers and women when it comes time for March and women's rights, but we now need you all to pull up for us because black women is intersectionality. We have to deal with being black and women. So I need your voices and your votes to consider what it's like to raise children. So I need you not only to vote, but raise your children to be more aware. Raise your children to be aware. That part. Right there. There are so many levels to this work. And we need non-black mothers to stand beside us. And lead the work starting in your home with awareness. Georgina and I also talked about when is the right time to have the talk with our sons. Not just with our sons because the attack on the black community is affecting us all. But. We're speaking about our son specifically because she's raising a black boy and I'm raising three. When is the time to have the talk about the harsh reality of how our melanated skin can determine the way we are valued as humans in society? When is the right time? And how do we approach that talk? So I feel that the talk is right now. So whether you are pregnant with your son or your son is 30 years old about to have their own child. I think the talk is ongoing and us as moms, we have to continue to have that conversation with our children and just meet them where they are. So I, one of my first talks with my son actually was when he was three and he was coming home crying about people picking at the curly hair he had on his head. He just so happened to be the only child of color in his whole kindergarten a whole preschool class. So that's when it originally started for me. So now our talks look completely different than they did when he was three because he's eight now. So I think our goal is to continue to have these talks, but meet our children where they at so that they can receive this information and govern themselves accordingly. Yes, govern themselves accordingly. I just had to run that line back because that's the real deal. That's the reason that we are doing this work so that we can equip our children with the tools that they need to go out into the world prepared for what's to come, prepared 
for the current climate of our society, of our communities, the current climate of the world as a whole. When we give our children the tools that they need, when we make sure they are aware of what's going on, then they can be prepared. What we don't want to do is have these conversations from a place of fear. We are not putting our children in a position to be afraid. You know, sometimes I wonder while we're putting in all this work, as we're rallying together and having the conversations that matter, calling on our allies, will we ever really get to a place, in my lifetime at least, will we ever really get to a place where we don't have to have these conversations? I wonder, what do you think? It's going to take very huge transformational change. So I think as a nation, we're going to have to start with legislation and reparations, as the great Charlemagne the God says. There are going to be have to be some shifts when it comes to policies in order for us to make sure that we're no longer having to have the conversation to protect our Black sons. There are also going to have to be reparations in place. And reparations doesn't have to be like a monetary check that they send us. It's got to be something like economic justice, access to better schools, free tuition for our children. All of those things have to be in place from a systemic and systematic level for us to really, as mom, as moms of black sons, to really take a step back and say, you know, our sons are going to be protected in society. Until things like that are in place, we are going to forever have to have this talk to protect our sons. I love that Georgina mentioned reparations. So I want to follow up with that a little bit with this. You know, as we see by now, reparations will not be handed to us. It's something that we're going to have to demand and take on our own in our everyday lives. There is an organization, a movement, mission um, by the name of the NAP Ministry. Many of you may follow it on Instagram. If you don't, you're welcome. Go ahead and give it a follow now. The founder, Trisha Hersey, is constantly dropping gems and gentle reminders about rest as resistance and reparations. She's shared that rest is reparations because it gives us the dream space that was stolen from our ancestors for many centuries. Dream space meaning a space of rest, a space to settle our minds, settle our thoughts, and mentally prepare for this work that we do day in and day out. Trisha says that the NAP ministry is her way of getting reparations for her ancestors in this realm. She's honoring and taking reparations for her ancestors by resting. That's self-care. That is us taking the reparations that are well-deserved so that we continue to move forward and proceed in a way that is healthy for us all. You know, it's very important that we take care of ourselves during this journey. It's very important that we find joy in the midst of the chaos. My hope and dream for all of us mamas out here putting the work in day out, that we do what we need to do for us and that we do what we need to do by us.